1: To the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh with denverstiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio, part of the Dash Radio Network. So here we are, post-trade deadline show. I told you guys it, it was going to be here. Um, There's there's uh, obviously the Nuggets do one big deal uh, with Emmanuel Moutier, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. Uh, And then we'll talk about Devin Harris as well and some trade deadline stuff in general. So, because it's such a big show, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and have three co-hosts with me instead of just our regular two. So, it is an all-Colorado crew, though, I noticed as well, which is nice. Hard to do when we have three people. Uh, So, starting off very first, down in Littleton, it is Dan Lewis. Dan, what's up? Shout out to everybody listening
2: to this on One and a Half
1: Speed. Yes. I do. I I have never once uh, listened to a podcast on one and a half speed. So does does everything like sound like they're like chipmunks or, or how does it work? Um, it's a lot faster, but it'll change your life. It'll change. All right, I'm not. I'm not a big podcast. Like full full disclosure. And it's funny because I do a podcast every week, but I'm not a very big podcast guy. It's, <laughs> I don't well, know we do a show. So, we do a show. That's right. We do a yeah. show, which is much better, which is way better, which is why people are listening. Um, right. We got to get into our other co-hosts though. Uh, first, down in Colorado Springs, it's Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's happening?
0: Not much, man. I'm just letting you go through your intros while I just wait for you to, to get to the point. But it's fine. Uh, I like this. Like Dan said, one and a half speed. You can do this real quick. One and a
1: half, we could just talk at one and a half speed, and it would work out just fine. It, <laughs> uh, it'd be it'd be tough. It'd be keep us on our toes. All right, and finally we have Ashley Douglas, also from Colorado Springs. Ashley, what's happening?
3: Not much. How's it going?
1: It is. It is going well. It is going well. Uh, it didn't go well for the Nuggets against the Rockets, but um, that was great. that's a nice transition. It was. <laughs> well, we might. We we're gonna try. Gordon doesn't think we can make it, but we're gonna try to get into the uh, get into the Nuggets. Uh, game against the Rockets there if we can at the end. Maybe we could,
2: but we could start with the uh, Emmanuel Moody tweeting out the, uh, prayer hands of OG right after the Nuggets loss.
1: <laughs> did, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Do you, to be honest, he hasn't, here's the thing, man. He hasn't tweeted for like a long time. Like he tweeted, I think when like maybe it was like November and then he didn't tweet at all until basically just yesterday when he tweeted his, his, uh, goodbye letter. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's gonna be our uh, that's always gonna be our first topic that we want to talk about is Emmanuel Moutier because he is no longer a Denver Nugget. It uh, it ends a what two and a half year period. Um, started out with with Moutier essentially being the guy who was supposed to be the guy and uh, looked at it as the next uh, the next kind of face of the franchise when he was drafted. Now now he's gone and Devin Harris comes in. Uh, Gordon, two and a half years, I mean, and, and what we have seen with Emmanuel, is that enough time? Like, is it time to move on, or do you think they should have kept on waiting and, and seen if he was going to develop more?
0: Well, the problem is it's really hard to keep waiting on the same team.
1: Like, it's really hard to look at somebody
0: and, um, you know, four or five years they turn into a real player for you. That's, that's really hard to wait that long. Uh, so for me, the, the timing was fine. You you can wait two seasons, maybe three seasons, and then if a guy's not playing for you, even if you think he might be good, he's got to move. Right. It's not working here. Like at some point. It's just not working here, and and you can't keep holding a spot for him that may never develop. So you, you move him on. You find somebody it will work for. If he finds it somewhere else, great.
1: He probably wasn't going to find it here anyway. Right? Exactly. And that's kind of it's. It, there's a lot of parallels, I think, to the Nurkic trade in terms of it was he was a guy who they drafted. You know, high high pick, first round pick, um, and, and looked like that he was going to be the guy, the you know starter for the foreseeable future. Uh, and then uh, there ended up being another guy, an even younger guy, who comes in uh, and just kind of starts to light the world on fire. And and uh, there's no time for just like there's no time really for Nurkic to work through his struggles because they were going to give those minutes to Jokic. It kind of the same thing happened with Moutier uh, and Murray. Ashley, would you? I mean, would you have waited even if Moutier maybe wasn't going to get minutes and was going to end up being, uh, you know? kind of just being on the bench, would you still have preferred that they waited or do you think it was the right time to move on?
3: Well, I think, you know, I've been openly critical of Moutier for some time now. And I think, you know, in, in a league where people want instant results, I think they gave Moutier a, a sincere chance to prove himself and it just didn't work out. And I think that, you know, even if you think in terms of a traditional job, if he were to, to be Slacking on the job for three years—I mean, that's way too much time. So I would have liked to see them get rid of him earlier and maybe get a little more out of it. But uh, it is what it is. So I think it—it it was high time he—he he left.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting way to actually to look at it. Is maybe if they—if uh, they waited too long, but. <laughs> There's been there's been lots of rumors, right? There's been lots of talk. I mean, it's interesting that he was kind of the guy they were trying to center a deal him and a first round pick, maybe for for Eric Bledsoe. Uh, and you're talking about a caliber of guy like that, and to where now, I mean, we all know, like I'm I'm, I'm all about Devin Harris, but uh, certainly certainly not the same same guy as Bledsoe. Dan, did they? Do you think they did they hold on too long to him? Maybe even, and and they should have moved on earlier. Um, I I don't think they should have
2: moved on earlier. Um, I mean, Moody was bad his rookie year, but almost every single rookie is bad. And then his second year, he got injured. And so that kind of stunted. You could say, like, okay, well, he was out for a little while with a wrist injury. That's going to hold him back. Um, But we're going to let him go through training camp. We're going to get rid of Jameer Nelson and really give Moody a shot. And he he whiffed on that. And I, I would think we... I think we've all been in situations in our own, you know, try to, re, to relate our lives to the NBA, where we've been in a relationship that probably wasn't going very well, and uh, you not to say that you're a bad person or that other person's a bad person. It just, you know, that that pairing is not a compatible pairing, and I think it it was about time to move on and just give him a shot somewhere else and give the Nuggets um, an opportunity to try other options at point at backup point guard.
0: Well, the other thing that I like about it is, like, the Nuggets waited. Like, they definitely waited. And they, as as Zach was saying, they cleared out the spot for both Murray and Moutier to have their minutes. They fired Jameer Nelson, basically, on the eve of the season right. just to make sure that they would find out what their point guards had to offer. You know, and Jamal Murray can throw in 30 points a game now and is, is showing that he's uh, a real point guard of the future or at least a guard of the future. Right. And Emmanuel Moutier was not able to step up in the same way. And so you found out what you needed to know in both cases. You don't get anything out of Moutier that way. It would have been nice if you'd known that without having to, to show it on the court. Right. But regardless, like, you figured it out. That's what they had to do. do
1: Gordon, what do you think, though? I mean, uh, Emmanuel Moutier, granted, like, I, listen, I, I don't – you can't – any time a player, I think, doesn't work out like this, you, you have to – I mean, if the player is <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the player is never – not guilty in some parts of his own point. And Ashley kinda of pointed out some things. And and you look at Emmanuel and you I mean, maybe it wasn't you know, we know he didn't he didn't stick close to the team over summers and, and we knew there was always these things that he had to work on, right? Finishing at the rim, his his turnovers sure. and stuff and, and they never got any better. Um, right. Do I mean Do you think is that the reason you put or that it didn't work out in Denver? Do you put all on him, or is there is there a a notion that maybe Denver mishandled him uh, and and that and didn't develop him properly?
0: Well, Denver absolutely mishandled him. Like you can't make a 19 year old point guard carry 30 something minutes a game as a rookie for a team that's expecting to go to the playoffs. Right. Like if you remember that team, they were talking about how without Brian Shaw, we got. (laughs) Or, you know, know we got we got playoff potential and and
1: Wilson's going to be healthy. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We're going to take care of it. We've got all these players. Everybody's fine. Now that we cleared out the bad, you know, Mm -hmm. coaching problem, everything will be peachy. But then they made it all a Moutier show like they legitimately when Ty Lawson lost it. Right. You know, they they made it the Moutier show and did not get him a backup that he needed. They didn't give him any guidance. He took it as being his team. And he ran with it, but he was not ready. Now, regardless of whether he should have prepared better or should have done stuff in the off season, I don't think he prepared correctly in the off season. Just based on on the things that he needed to work on, never got right, better. Just so based on the results, yeah, I don't have to know what he was doing. I can tell you that it what he needed to desperately work on did not get fixed. So he was doing it wrong. Right. Uh, but yeah, they they set him off on a on a wrong on a bad footing. But after that, like, he could have recovered from that. I think they crushed him. the last year and a half, he didn't.
3: You think? I think so. I think, you know, they take this guy effectively out of high school. And they put him in Ty Lawson's leadership role, you know. And, and, you know, you heard him talking every time they interviewed him about, yeah, I'm trying to be a leader. And you could just tell he didn't really know what that meant in terms of leading an NBA team, you know. And I think we've all heard, you know, veteran guards talk about how long it took them to get to be where they're at in the league it takes years and years and so you know I I feel I feel kind of badly for him because I feel like the Nuggets were just so desperate for a point guard star a point guard star that they threw him in there and were like all right do it
2: And it's like a guy. I, I I know that Ashley probably won't like hearing this but like I think players like Danilo Gallinari were like really hard on Moody too mm-hmm. and I was not have done, the same thing may not have been as supportive as are offered the same the kind of support that he needed to, to really grow. Um, because if you remember like back in his rookie year, man, if he made a bad play, like Gala would just like <laughs> He'd just give him like, the, just, like that like, stare. He'd, just he'd walk to, away, him give him a stare. A stare. <laughs> yeah. And but like exactly. you know, it's kind of a team with a lot of really unique personalities. You know, his rookie year he's starting alongside like, you know, Nurkic and Farid and Galinari and Chandler. And, like, it's no wonder he gravitated towards Harris, who is the next youngest the guy, and also is, guy, like, like yeah. probably the least likely to speak up and say anything negative. <laughs> like, But, like, right. if, <laughs> if you have, like, one ally, and you're trying to learn not only how to play, you know, just against professionals, but, like, lead a team as a starter, going against people like Westbrook and Chris Paul and Steph Curry, you know, it's just, like, just a monumental challenge. And so I... I can, I think it's it's very easy to compare him to a player like D'Angelo Russell, um, who right. had it really rough yeah. in Los Angeles as well. But then when he got moved to Brooklyn, you know those expectations uh, just were taken away, and it's like, hey, look, you know we have a ton of other ball handlers on this team. We know we're going to suck. We just want you to go out there and play your game. Put you in positions where we can try to maximize what you can do to succeed. If you mess up, it's okay. Everyone on this team is terrible. Like it's gonna be fine and he's had D'Angelo Russell's had a much better season before he got injured but like I,
0: I think, I think well, essentially it, that's what Moody is yeah, going I to think if Moody like I mean he's going, he's going he's like going to New York that, that way like I think it would I wanted to
3: see more. him go to Boston honestly I felt like you know yeah, Brad Stevens was the
1: coach for him <laughs> well, he doesn't need to play. He needs to learn. Exactly. I man, I disagree. I think that at this point, the best way for him to learn is to just is to play thirty minutes a game without expectations. I think that's the difference.
0: Man, he he did he did that for two when years. He, man, he really, didn't wear nothing. He had,
1: he had a bunch of pressure put on him, like we've been saying. He's going to New York, and like there's there's zero expectation. In fact, they want to lose at this point. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it,
0: well, that's it. They do want <laughs> to lose, and they're going to be losing for two more years because they don't have Chris Tabs.
1: Exactly. Well, that's not good
3: either. I mean, I think,
0: but it's going to put him in bad situations. Yeah, I agree with Ashley. It's not. It's not good either. He needs
3: to. He's probably going to have to take two steps back before he goes goes forward. And I think a strong coach will get out of him the motivation that I think he has. He just hasn't had that leadership in Denver.
1: See, now that that part I will agree with. Well, I, the the strong coach um, part about about you know the especially the Knicks. I mean, like I don't want to knock on Jeff Hornacek or anything, but. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's – Jeff, he's an unproven coach uh, just as much as Mike. I said this in the, in the article I wrote about Moody today. Is, you know, Jeff Hornacek is just an unproven coach just like Michael Malone. Like they, they're they both on their second jobs now in the NBA. They didn't go so well in the first jobs. They both might have got kind of a raw deal in their first jobs as well though. Right. So like – you're waiting now to see now. So I'll I'll agree with you. with This like if if the Knicks had Brad Stevens as their head coach and we're in the situation like just say they have the same record they're in right now, that would be like, better. yeah that that's yeah. perfect, right? Like if you have a a strong player development coach who's who's on this team, uh, you know who's willing to lose, so they'll give him that kind of minutes. That would be the ideal situation. There's there I don't I, I don't is there is there a situation like that though right now in the NBA that I could think of like because like Boston is a team I mean they want to win and they've got they've got you know they've got Kyrie and they've got Terry Rozier those are those are the two guys who are going to play all the minutes of point guard so Moody Shane would have Larkin a
2: I, Shane Larkin is a better point guard than Emmanuel Moutier. and he's their third stream backup is, is he on Boston now it's, he is with Boston yeah
1: Oh, you he never know but I mean I, I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of a team right now who's like, well, Well, to be honest, I thought
2: thought Memphis would have been a good option for him because Mike Conley's out for the year. Uh, He would have gotten a lot of minutes. Wayne Sullivan's actually been playing pretty well. Mario Chalmers is a a veteran point guard that's been used to getting verbally berated. (laughs) But like, not as good of a coach, but like, he could have been like, look, we're terrible. Like, just come in here and play and like, let's work through some of these issues and we trust you. We wanted you to come here, and I think that would have been really helpful for Moody. But, you know, Memphis uh, felt like they didn't want to bring him on.
1: They they felt like they got a chance to resign Tyreek, which they might. I mean, Tyreek is a Memphis guy. Yeah, good De- for them. Gordon, Gordon, <laughs> I thought you brought up a, I thought you brought up a good point though when you said Dallas, because you're right. I mean, Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle is a strong coach. I don't know if he's a strong <laughs> coach for well, young Well, Rick, Rick, he, he so. and Rick
0: might not get a role. Yeah. That might be a problem. The problem is is trying to find the guy who's going to build Moutier up because you could tell that Moutier's turnovers – it didn't matter how many good things he did. If he rolled off the court with 30 points and his coach was like, you had seven turnovers and I hate you. Right. That makes it tough. Like, you know, your first thought is, well, I better fix my turnovers, but he could never figure out how to do that. Um, Right. But you don't want want your players thinking about their mistakes. You want your players thinking about their strengths. Houston. And I don't think Moutier has any idea what his strengths are right now.
1: Houston might have been a good place then. Yeah, but Houston. Nah. I mean, he's he, he, it's another place that he's just not going to play. Um, well, so he I, could he'd get five ten minutes of garbage time against some of the recent. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get games. a lot of time in play. He could have played tonight. Yeah, yeah that would have been fun. He got fourteen minutes tonight.
3: <laughs> right. uh. I mean, maybe some time in the G League would do him good.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Honestly. Like, it's it's to- Yeah, you're. I think you're 100 percent right. Like, that's probably where he needs to go to get those minutes right now. But it's like, man, the Westchester next seventh overall pick <laughs> two years ago.
0: Well, his problem is those he he his problem is is that his skill set works fine against G League defense. That's true.
1: Like he dazzled like, in summer league.
0: Yeah, yeah, he looks great in summer league. He looks great in all star games. He looks great anywhere you're not actually playing defense. He's gonna look good. Right. Um, so he could
3: su- swallow it, his pride, just go go find a G League team. Obviously, it's not completely his choice, but where he could just go develop, you know, and he could come back. Really he has such a huge upside, you know. I think that you know he's so young still. It's it's you don't want to give up on him, you know.
1: He's almost a case. It's an interesting point there. I mean, it's he's almost a case of like how the G League needs to be needs to continue to expand and be better because he he's the perfect case of a guy who that yeah that's what absolutely what he needed right out of the get-go, right? Like, that's a guy who, when yep. you look at, like, yeah. he played 12 games in China since high school. That's all he's done. Like, yeah, he could have played his entire rookie year. I mean, now, kind of like, obviously, I mean, Tyler Lydon got hurt, but that, kind of like the same thing, right? Where where they they were basically going to put Tyler Lydon down in the G League for the whole year uh, and just let him develop. The difference, of course, is that Moutier was a seventh overall pick. So it was, with that came uh, came expectations. But the thing is, now is, like, I mean, he's only 21. Like, he's... he's He's, is he younger than Monty Morris or he I mean they're the same age right he's younger
0: uh, I believe he's younger than Monte Morris
1: so yeah exactly I mean I mean and yet he's already played he's in his third NBA season so I mean yeah
0: but you can also watch when you watch Monte play tonight no nerves no nothing that's true Monte Morris rolled out there like he'd been uh, uh, like he's an eight-year pro like this is my offense I know how to run this I know how to take these guys he uh, Everything looked like the game was slow for him, and the game always looks too fast for Moutier. He looked like he. Born. And that's that's really the concern. Yeah, yeah. That's well, yeah. that's that
3: confidence that Trey Lyles that makes Trey Lyles so special right now. I think Absolutely. you know just this poise of a veteran, and you know Moutier has never had that, 100% unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that is one hundred percent true. All right, let's let's shift gears. I want to talk about the guy who the the, the Nugget who is now uh, or the newest Nugget, which is um, which is Devin Harris. So. Anybody, anybody who who has read uh, uh, me on the Stiffs, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows, like I've been, I've been pounding the table for for this trade, for almost exactly this trade. I had Moutier just going back to Dallas, but um, right, Moutier for Harris is, is what I wanted the whole time because it's, I've always. I, don't get me wrong. There were things about Jameer Nelson that that would drive me crazy. Most most notably, the three from the top of the arc at about five seconds into the shot clock. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. that was that that drove me nuts. Sometimes he hit it. I mean, to his credit, sometimes he hit it. But it's a bad shot. I mean, and we all know that. But there was a lot of things that Jameer Nelson provided for the Nuggets that they've been missing. I think a lot because they've had either. Emmanuel Mudiay or Will Barton trying to run their second unit, and it's just been that they they look completely out of sorts basically with with Jokic off the floor. They probably would have been all right if Paul Millsap doesn't get hurt. If you remember, that was their that was their original plan, right? Was that Jokic or Millsap would be on the floor right. at all times. Now you even have I think I think in a guy in like Jamal Murray, um, he's he's another guy. If you have him on the floor. Uh, that you at least know, hey, there's the guy. If, if he gets hot, if he gets going, then we can just feed him the ball, and, and it doesn't matter what anybody else does. Uh, Devin Harris gives them what Jameer Nelson gives them, and here's a guy who's he's not anything special offensively, uh, or, or he's a guy who's going to average 20 points a game or anything like that. He's not going to win six-man of the year. But... He is going to be able to settle down your second unit. He is going to be able to command the offense, and he is going to be able to keep you from just going completely out of sorts when you don't have Jokic or Murray uh, on the court, or even Millsap when he gets back. And and that's that's why I think well, he was he is, so He's huge.
0: also another combo guard, though, man. It's true. Like, but... He's also... Is this? Which is good. Like there's nothing wrong right. with being a combo guard. He can play with Jokic, he can play with Millsap. Plumly. He can play next to Yeah. Yeah yeah. But he can also he knows how to how to at least competently run a pick and roll. He's right. been a point guard before, even though he's not necessarily the point guard right. for That's Dallas. Former All Star like
1: <laughs> Former All Star. Yeah, That's right.
0: But he's, you know, he's got all the experience. He knows what he's doing. He can, he can, is hitting threes. He can cut to the basket. He does all the things that you want from a guard on this team with the offense that the Nuggets run. Exactly. And also doesn't turn the ball over, which is, you know, one of the things that makes me happy. Which
1: is, and and he's a, for, for being an old guy, uh, which is funny because I think he's probably about the same age. He is an old guy. He's probably about the same age as me, though, which is... <laughs> Which is the funny thing? You're say. you're
0: old man in sports terms. I am. I am. Old like man nobody's, nobody's,
1: nobody's giving me a 10 day contract. Uh, I can assure you. <laughs> that. But, um, he he's a decent defender. Is what I was going to get as well so like at least like he he doesn't hurt you.
0: No one on this team's a decent like, defender. Like, well, yeah. I'm, so let's not. Yeah. He he's plays for Carwile. Everyone for Carwile is a decent defender. That's true. Nobody for this team is a decent defender. Don't tell me that after tonight. So, <laughs> like. So let's let's not go thinking that people's defensive skills translate to this to this squad.
3: You know who he kind of reminds me of, um, and obviously who I'm comparing to him to is better, but I think in terms of experience and how many points they kind of bring in a game and uh, their size is Andre Miller. And I, I really loved when Andre Miller was part of the roster before he and Brian Shaw, you know, got sideways. He just brought the stability to... The you know the lineup and and the court that I think that younger guys really glom onto they really kind of look for because they're nervous they're out there and they're you know they're rookies or they're or they're in their second year you know and they're looking to that older guy to set the pace and so I'm hoping that Devin Harris really provides that for them.
1: Yeah, no, that is a great point. I mean, there, there's a few few differences obviously between Andre Miller and Devin Harris's game, which. Like I said, Devin – OK, so here, here's my counterpoint, Gordon. Uh, Devin Harris will not just stand and stare at a guy like uh, – while he's shooting a three and be like, all right, that's how I'm going to play defense. Uh, he'll give you more than <laughs> that's that. That's true. Which, which, that's which true. Andre Miller would not. But uh, uh, no, that's, that's a great point. Yeah, but
0: they've both seen it all. Like like he and Miller, they, they've seen everything. Right. They have all the old man moves. They have all the like things. <laughs> Right. They might not have the athleticism, although Devin Harris is still for he's an sne- old man. He's got sneaky old that, man. That guy still moves. Yeah, yeah, he's got sneaky old man skills. True. Like you know, <laughs> far, it's a stealthy speed. It's like Gary Harris. He shouldn't be that fast, but somehow he's that fast. Are you it's saying he's deceptively
2: athletic? <laughs> deceptively
0: <laughs> deceptively athletic. athletic is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> that is correct.
2: Yeah, what are your thoughts on on Devin Harris? I really like the signing or signing the trade for Devin Harris. Um... I think one of the things that's really going to help is that I think Malone likes having like an eight, nine man rotation. Um, and Harris, he's not really as much of a pick and roll guard at this point in his career. Um, but the, the Nuggets ideal second unit is kind of centered around Mason Plumlee, Trey Lyles, Will Barton, and now Devin Harris. Right, and that's, so that's in that group. in that lineup, your your primary, you know, like your primary option is Will Barton, you know, attacking in isolation off the pick and roll with Mason Plumlee, or your second option is giving the ball to Mason Plumlee in the high post and having him be, like you know, a poor man's version of Jokic, passing the ball to cutters, or you know, working like a dribble handoff game. Well, that's you know, trying to find cutters and dribble handoff. Those are the things that Devin Harris is really good at. Like he doesn't necessarily have to be the guy. Like, okay, I'm gonna call this play and execute these things. This we're gonna run. The, I'm gonna run the show. And then Will Barton standing over in the corner, Lyle's standing in the corner, and Mason Plumley just standing at the free throw line, like, uh, when do I? When do you want me to set the screen? Kind of a thing. <laughs> like he's right. he he's gonna be the guy that dribbles the ball to court and is like, here you go, Will. And like I know right. where I need to go and I know where I need to cut right and I can be like, hey, Trick, like. Go stand right, like move two steps over. I'm going to cut like right nearby here, kind of a thing. So he's going to stabilize the offense in the sense that like he knows what he should be doing, but he doesn't necessarily have to have the ball in his hands to be successful. And uh, I think just that ability to be a calming presence for the second unit and somebody that can be like, hey, we're going to let's run this play. I'm going to get an open look or we're going to get train open look. You know, like he's going to know. Who needs their shots kind of a thing. Like I think that's gonna be really helpful. And that's that's not what Emmanuel Moody was good at. Like he his best Moody's best skill was like beating his man one on one and kicking out to a shooter. But that's right. that's not what the second unit needs. They need someone like Devin Harris. So I think it's a I think it's a really good addition.
0: And he agreed. Go ahead, Gordon. I'm just saying I agree with that, and that's also one of the things I liked watching tonight with Monte Morris is that's how he runs right. it. I, I can bring the ball up the court. And no one's getting out of my hands because I have a good handle, You know, so I'm not going to lose it on the way up the court. I give it to the right person, and then I watch, and you just watched him watch the court. That's what Devin Harris is good at is he pays attention to those things that are happening on the court and then resets himself if he needs to be in place to take a pass back out, if he needs to cut, if he needs to whatever. That's what he can do, and that's you just need a guy who's aware on the court, Right. Um, and who doesn't let you know fifteen to zero runs happen on the second unit. Like those are the things that can't happen.
1: It's very true. I mean, it's no, I, I like it, man. I like that when when you get Millsap and Plumley back, I like it. If finally, I feel like you, you finally know. Okay, I mean, it's funny. It's going to take because if if, if coaches to be believed, the whole season, so, man. Yeah, well, it's going to oh. be like mid March, right? When so when Millsap gets back. <laughs> Uh, and it'll take him at least, at least a couple weeks. So yeah, you might have, the the nice thing is about it. It's like, it might just be perfect to where like, they're really hitting their groove right when the playoffs start. So it, 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 it and they play Houston. (laughs) We can, we can, we can only hope that it's not the case, but, um, please dodge Houston. That's all I'm asking. Well, I I would rather, well, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. Um, let me think. Uh, I guess uh, just real quick. So, like, oh, Dan, I mean, what are the chances? Obviously, Devin Harris, he's on an expiring contract. Um, what do you think the chances are the Nuggets re-sign him uh, after this year?
2: I mean, I think they'll give him a shot, but um, I think it would have to be one of those things where Harris is like, hey, look, I'll come back on, like, a veteran minimum deal, basically, because um, I don't, I don't know if the Nuggets have his bird rights or not. So they would have to use cap space to re-sign him, um, and that that looks like it would be really difficult to do, um, especially if they tried to fix was the MLA, would they? And...
1: Yeah, no, they, they'll definitely have his bird rights, because he was with Dallas for five straight seasons.
2: Okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I it, it depends on how he looks. I, I'm going to punt on that, on that answer.
1: <laughs> Dan's just going to dodge it. Uh the thing <laughs> I was thinking that's 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 funny about it or 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 that I would say is like I almost think that like they'll have to give him like a bit more than the veteran minimum. Cuz who else who else in the NBA is not is going to give Devin Harris more than the veteran minimum? Probably Uh, probably no one. So if that's the point, like, why would you play in Denver? Why wouldn't he just, you know, I'm sure Dallas would be like, yeah, come on back for the veteran minimum. That's fine. Uh, Or, or, you know, Golden State or Houston or uh, San Antonio, you know, like there's a ton of teams who who maybe you have a chance to win a ring with uh, that'll pay you the minimum. Like, so I almost think like Denver will have to offer him a little bit more than that if they want to keep him. Uh, but but you never know. I mean, it it could happen. The problem is De- Denver's they've got to manage their cap wisely, uh, and so uh-huh. him versus a guy like Monty Morris, who I mean, you, you'd have to give Monty a new contract as well. But
0: uh, yeah, but his going to be so small, right? Right. Like I mean, he's going to be he's going to be on the Jokic contract, like four years, a million dollars a year. Well, also For-
2: as well, like if if you if the Nuggets do end up being in the lottery tax even if if they're even if they're just like if they're five million dollars over the luxury tax that luxury apron um like a uh, one and a, a two million dollar contract for devin Harris turns into a three and a half million dollar contract and a one like a one million dollar contract for Monte Morris is a two and a half million so i mean it we're talking like about you know the cronkies money, but like a million bucks is a lot of money
0: <laughs> so
2: you know that's that's a lot of in-game or you know in-arena entertainment. You know that they have to pass up on or something. So who knows what well, they'll
1: do? Yeah, it's it, it's a good thing. It's a good debate. I think it'll be interesting to see. I will say this. I mean, he's obviously not going to be their number one priority uh, in the off-season. That'll be Jokic, and then uh, and then after that, it'll probably be Will Barton. So. But if
3: they keep him and they do re-sign him, that they they need to have a a like a future plan. You know, I think right. what they yeah. do bad with is is that like okay, you know, yeah. obviously he's older, and so you know, keep him for another year, party on. But you can only give him
1: one year, right? Yeah, well. like, you think only one year. Like one what's what's one next? With a team option or something.
3: Yeah, you need to be bringing somebody up, and you need to be you know looking out for that because I think they don't really you know, what happens is they find themselves like, oh yeah, we got to cut Jameer Nelson. And then like, what's the backup plan? We don't mm-hmm. have one.
1: Right. Yeah. If Moody, it doesn't work out, then what are we going to do? Right. Exactly. Stick head in toilet. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, what, and maybe like that, that might be the thing. I mean, in the ideal world, right. Uh, you, you sign Devin Harris for like another year, like I said, maybe you give him a, a one year plus a year after that. That's a team option. If he would agree to something like that, maybe if you give him a little bit more money, uh, and then hopefully Monty Morris also is like, okay, we can find a spot for him on the roster because, you know, maybe Chandler opts out and they find a way, they, they find a way to move for Reed or whatever, like they were trying to do at the deadline here. A um, couple of, a couple you know, open up some spots. And then that way, that way, once Devin Harris maybe moves on or somebody gets hurt, like you've got Monty Morris and he's kind of like that next guy. I mean, we're basing this obviously off of about like, what? 20 minutes of, of gameplay, but, uh, like we or said, look, look like he belonged. You can check
2: out Denver Tips website for my first prospect watch of
1: the season. Yeah. Oh. That's a plug. Dan.
3: Plugging, <laughs> Dan. Dan. Shameless Plugging plug. Plug <laughs> it.
1: Shameless plug. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, so, well, let's go ahead. Let's take a break on that and that that excellent note from Dan there. Um and then, and then when we get back, I think – we've talked, we've talked now plenty, I think, about, about the move uh, that the Nuggets did make. I want to talk about the moves that they didn't make um, because I think – You mean all of yeah, them? Okay, <laughs> Exactly. I was, I was like, I know where me and Gordon are going to stand on this. Um, Volume so, 1. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, right. We'll get into that. Uh, and then uh, if we got time, we'll, we'll talk about that atrocious – we could – hey, if you guys want, we could preview the Suns. I mean that – if you want a little more exciting content.
0: Does anyone play in the Suns? Don't they just, like, run, like, <laughs> some fans on the court next to next to a couple of players?
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, we'll go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about the charity drive we got going on right now at Denver Stiff's. We've teamed up with the Denver Nuggets, Hope Kids Colorado, and Hoopswag.com for a really cool event, and I think you guys will love it. Here's the deal. Over on our site right now, in the bottom right corner, you'll find a link where you can buy your own custom Denver Stiff socks made by Hoopswag. There are 15 bucks a pair, and every pair you buy will also buy a ticket to an upcoming Denver Nuggets game for one of the children sponsored by Hope Kids. Hope Kids provides ongoing events, activities, and a powerful, unique support community for families who have a child with cancer or other life-threatening conditions. They surround those remarkable children and their families with the message that hope can be a powerful medicine. It's a great cause, and hey, if you like to run around barefoot like a hobbit, that's okay. There's also a link on the site where you can donate directly to help us bring as many kids and their families to one of these Denver Nuggets games. So check it out denverstiffs.com and thanks so much for your generosity we've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck Maybe it's not even an emergency at all, and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number, as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888 719-659-6888 Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical two, the pickaxe pundit show, Zach Niekow, Gordon Gross, Ashley Douglas, Dan Lewis. We're all on board for this one. It's uh, it's trade deadline, right? Trade deadline week. It is it is over. Uh, nuggets dealt Emmanuel Mudiay, got Devin Harris in return. Also, I want to point this out. I, I'm so tired of explaining this already on on, on the internet. But uh, so the Nuggets they they didn't trade a second round pick. Uh, they didn't get the Knicks' right. second-round pick back. They traded, they, I should say, they did trade a second-round pick, but they got a second-round pick back, and it's they're both this year. So here it is. The Nuggets had the Portland Trail Blazers pick from the Yusuf Nurkic trade. Um, the, it was, we're going to get really technical. The better of, which are, or whichever pick is worse, the Blazers pick or the Kings pick. The Kings are terrible. The Blazers are right in the playoff hunt. It's going to be the Blazers pick. Uh, the, the Knicks had the Clippers second round pick from what trade. I don't know, uh, but they traded that back to the Nuggets. The Nuggets traded the Blazers second round pick to the Mavericks. The Clippers are like, what, maybe going to be the eight, nine, 10 seed in the West. The Blazers somewhere eight, seven, six seed in the West. So the Nuggets essentially moved up like five spots at most, uh, that, that, that was the other portion of the trade. I don't know why I had to spend three minutes on that, but I did. It was it was just really. I don't
0: know why you just spent five minutes on that, but yes, you're right. It just, I'm you did glad you got that off your chest, job, my friend. Jack,
1: we're very proud of you. <laughs> it was good job. It was really bugging me. I gold star one more time, and I almost <laughs> completely lost my train of thought. We spent a lot of time to, anyway we, trades we didn't make. Right, yeah, lots of them. Right. We didn't. Oh, we yeah. spent the first half of the show talking about the Emmanuel Moody and Devin Harris. So I want to spend the second half of the show talking about the trades that didn't happen because the Denver Nuggets were. <laughs> Quote by Woj, maybe going to drive the the trade deadline. <laughs> Such Nug life, man. That's like Nug life in a nutshell there. Woj, of all people, you know, the guy tweets out, Nuggets might drive the trade deadline. And then they make, uh, they trade their backup point guard. Does he know the
3: Nuggets? Like, does he know anything about them? Yeah, he's never seen the like, trade deadline. Uh, okay.
1: Exactly.
0: Look, man, when Will Barton is mocking the Nuggets for, like, not trading, for only adding, uh... Um, what's his face? No, from Indiana. Uh, Roy. Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> when they,
0: yeah, they were they were laughing about how all the all the all they added for help last year was Roy Hibbert. When your when your own players are like, look, man, like we know nothing's happening.
1: When the only thing you do you is know. help take money out of their pockets because you're trying to hit the salary floor. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay.
3: You know, part of me thinks that like they probably actually try, but.
0: Oh, Coming yeah. from like
3: a salesperson perspective, and I do this a lot. I know everybody's probably like, "God, here we go." But I feel like I feel like other teams watch what they do in the trade and then in the draft, and they kind of probably lose a little business respect for the Nuggets right. because it's like you don't have the clout now to enter a trade discussion and be taken seriously.
1: Right. And
3: so I don't know. Part of me wonders if that's not what's what's
1: happening. Yeah, it almost feels like that. Like it's almost it's almost, it's so funny. I and mean, again, it's such an ugly life. Like we get to the point where like we're excited, like oh wait, there's gonna be like a superstar trade. Well, you know, we probably can't get involved because either they don't want to, you know, they that guy doesn't want to come here. We 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 don't got the the, the the nobody likes our players enough to to trade for him. But wow, we could maybe be like the third team and help facilitate. And like that's like that's where we set the bar now, almost on the on these trades. And it's.
3: Yeah, they take everybody's call but the Nuggets, you know? like They're like, oh, right. we don't know. We don't want to do business with them. It makes us look bad now because we're doing business with the Nuggets.
1: Not, I almost think – well, in the Nuggets, I think they're, they're, they're a pain in the butt probably to deal with because like they, they, they value their players really highly. And let's be honest, how many people are watching like Nuggets basketball out there? Like it's the, it doesn't get a ton of coverage. It doesn't like – only only the, the – there's probably some scouts who are saying, yeah, like this Jamal Murray guy is really good or, yeah, like this – this gary harris guy is really good but when it comes down to the final decision maker uh, who's making the call which in a lot of cases in, in the nba ends up being the owner uh, of the team they they, they like they're like Who? gary harris like who's that? like i guarantee you that's why that's why that trade falls through uh, in in indiana like they're like yeah gary harris you know he's an indiana guy but uh, gary harris like really like you know it's it just I don't know. I I I think you're on something like maybe their their reputation like isn't the greatest. Exactly. Well, that's probably why GMs. they can't
3: attract a superstar either. You
1: know, <laughs> they're like I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's always been a Denver problem. Yeah, though. Like that's, that's not that's a D- I think that's yeah. Denver region. Yeah, that's Denver, Denver.
1: reputation <laughs> in general. I mean, yeah, Mellow. People.
0: Well, uh, I remember when Mellow came out and he expected us to be under eight feet of snow. He thought Denver was basically <laughs> Alaska. Yes. Like, he had no idea. Yeah. Like, he literally, he showed up and he talked about how, he's like, this is actually really nice in the middle of winter. I thought this was going to be the worst thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> right, and he's from Baltimore. Baltimore like, what a- yeah, he's from Baltimore. I'm like, look, man, you get terrible winters. Don't talk to me about winters. <laughs> Here's the
1: deal: everybody thinks we live at like twelve thousand feet, and we're like this, you know, crazy mountain yes. town that gets like they think it's aspen. Foot, yeah, they think They're Denver like, is get aspen. Six foot yeah, snowdrifts all, all winter long and stuff like that. And it's just like, uh, that's not what it. That's not what happens. Dan, Trade well, look, deadline. Get, yeah, get <laughs> let get back to the deadline. Like. Uh, what you, did he, did the Nuggets do enough in your opinion? Like was just getting getting a better backup point guard enough, or, or like were these deals you know free? There was a lot of rumors around Wilson Chandler. There was a lot of rumors around, uh, and those were guys specifically that had you know big contracts that they they would have been happy to move. Is it enough to just get the backup point guard, or did they need to? Did you feel like they need to unload some of those deals as well?
2: Oh, I mean, like trying to trade Freed and Chandler is like trying to give someone a dog, but instead In of a dog, it's like beans, a rabid right? raccoon. Like, hey, you want my dog? Be like, that's a raccoon. Like, you know, <laughs> nobody's gonna want to take that. Uh, <laughs> like, but these are just impossible contracts to trade. I, I don't. Real yeah, talk like, from Dan. Like, if if anybody is delusional enough to think that any team out there values Freed, like you got to like another thing coming like
1: well the proof the proof's in the pudding right like here yeah, we they're, are like... they're
2: terrible they're terrible players on terrible contracts nobody no team wants them unless you attach a first round pick attaching a first right. round pick to get rid of those guys is a mistake just eat the remaining 24 million dollars owe, freed eat the you know whatever chandler does for this year and then his player option you just gotta live with the mistakes you made like right you know they're, they're not gonna be able to trade those guys get over
0: it um when you look at the trade deadline, the way that the, the money shaped up, um and the uh extension for uh for Lou, you know, it the amount of money in the market is gonna be very, very low this winter. Right. Um. So nobody, nobody is going to want to trade for you know the fourteen million dollars on Fareed when his caliber of player will be going for half that. Right. That, on the market. The, I mean, like, right. Like you, you don't, Yeah. So why why are you going to pay fourteen for Farid if you can get somebody who's equivalent to him for seven? That doesn't make any sense you don't at see all. People lining up to trade for Luol Deng. like right. Like, right.
2: Oh, <laughs> hey, give me some of that Nicholas Batum contract. You know, like <laughs> this, wow. these things aren't going to happen. This you. goes like, to
3: like their, their say, ability. The Good this enough. goes to their ability, I think, to just to to be savvy in this process. Like they they let these players wear out their value versus trading them three years ago. You let you know a chance for go, a, a for.
1: I'll just say you could have got way more. You're right. You could have got way more for Chandler specifically if you trade him at last. Yeah,
3: Farid. Well, and like you know, perfect example, Danilo Gallinari. Your plan was to keep him so that you entered the first round of the playoffs and exited in the first round. For what? Trade him when he has value. Exactly. So it's just like, yep. what are you doing? You need you need to plan ahead. I just don't feel like they have a lot of experience. Like they're just showing themselves to be very green, and um, they don't know what they're doing.
1: There. I mean, they, the Nuggets. The Nuggets' front office strength is obviously the draft, right? Like they they. This this draft notwithstanding. Uh, which, I, identifying.
0: We're not talking about this draft. <laughs> well, this draft is off limits. Let's say <laughs> identifying
1: talent in the draft. <laughs> identifying talent in the draft. Yeah, exactly. Because they wanted OGN Nobby who looks very, very good as well.
0: Yeah, it's not that they didn't know who the guys were who were good. They just didn't pick yeah, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. Well,
1: um, but uh, th- that—that's their strength, right? I mean, Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, yes, um, Garrett Harris. Granted, uh, I mean, you're you're not perfect, so you're gonna miss, and you miss on a guy like Emmanuel Mudiay. Uh, but but for the most,
0: yeah. But he's not a number one pick. You miss on a guy who's a number seven pick in a thin draft, right. like right. was it a thin draft? You know, like at the time, okay.
1: The, in, in hindsight, it was a terrible draft. But it's funny is is in it almost doesn't. I, I no at the it at the like, time it like we
0: knew we stacked. thought there were only four or five players. So no that's why that's why Moody getting to 7 was a big deal cuz we thought there were only like four really good identifiable players. People thought
1: he was one and didn't think Chris Stapps was. That was the that was kind of the funny part of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, how that how that one worked out. I, and, I die. remember uh, <laughs> Is that not the yeah that's it. everybody in Jaleel Okafor, right? That was that was another guy who was a sure sure yep. D'Angelo Russell, right? There's another guy who was a surefire. fire. Right. Uh, and everybody thought Mario Hizonia, if nothing else, was going to be a dead eye shooter. So bad. you know, not <laughs> <At> this guy.
0: <laughs> one, like I said, you you inflate poor day. aspects every year, right. so you got to be careful. Like every year, you're like, well, this guy's good. Well, rel- related to like the other players in his draft, he's fine. How's the draft quality? Yeah. You know, and so for that draft, it wasn't great. And so they took the shot on the guy with the highest upside that the, they knew least about, and it didn't work out. It didn't work out. That happens. But like I said, the the problem is, is that we're about out of high draft picks to go ahead and make noise with. Yeah,
1: we're we, at this point. You're drafting guy. Where the Nuggets should be in position. You're, you're drafting. You're drafting Tyler Linds. You're drafting guys who are not going to play whatsoever yes. in their rookie year, and you're hoping. Like you're year, you're well. Year, what year, what they're going to do is draft. Good.
0: Yeah, you're going to draft guys from Europe. What what they're going to do the rest of eternity is draft whatever random is like a guy they like from the eastern Bloc. Right. And that'll be fine <laughs> and eventually they'll hit on one again.
1: It'll be great. Black goat changer.
0: But yeah, yeah, guy. guys like that. But it's <laughs> the problem is is that you have to you have to be able to organize the roster now. Like you know if you know what your core is. If you believe your core to be Gary Harris, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Which it is. Okay, that's it. Uh, right. So now you have to build around that, and you have to add the right vets, and you have to not screw up the salary structure, and you have to find defenders because watching this Houston game was atrocious. You've got to find guys who can actually body somebody up and stop the ball.
1: Absolutely.
0: Find guys who can rotate. Like you have to – because you know your three core guys are not defenders. So you need to find guys who are. Right. Um, to, to balance them out. So this is the roster balancing part of the equation. And we have no idea if, um, Connolly and Arturis can do that. Uh, but we, I haven't seen a lot of evidence that with the guys that they're holding on to so desperately that till they ruined all their value. You know, if if you trade Fareed two years ago, you're fine. Uh, people said you couldn't trade him, but I'm sure that you could have traded him for more than you can trade right. him for now. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, they were asking for a high first rounder for Chandler last year when they got an offer for a low first rounder. And they that. said, "Now nah, we're good. And they didn't take it, and now they can't get anything. And the thing that— You know, those are, those are the mistakes. The thing, that really,
1: the thing that really stings you about that one, too, is, is like, well, you, had to, you gave away a low first rounder to, to move on from Yusuf Nurkic. Like, why—, why? Yes, because, and this is just my opinion on that, and I'm going to close this the trade deadline discussion on this, but like uh, they, last year and maybe somewhat this year too, though I think they have a much better shot at making the playoffs this year. But last year they didn't move on from those guys because I think of one reason because they wanted to make the playoffs because they were like we are last in attendance we have terrible TV ratings are, our arena is like a cavern like we have to get some excitement back in this thing and that's why they went all right on. it was it was a very much like just a business decision I mean like we're gonna bleed get money if we can't revenue. get people to get in this team yeah we'll get the play but it's the playoff revenue helps right because the players contracts are are paid out for whether they get into the playoffs or not. I mean, some guys have some bonuses. Playoff money's free money. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that's all just free money in, in, into the tank. But it's more about it's, it's about the, the merchandise sales and the getting and selling out all the the games next season and upping all your season ticket sales and stuff like that. Like that's what getting to the playoffs can do for you. Um, they and I, they just went all in on it. They did, and they and they ended up what two games short. So. It is what it is. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I want to get into the Rockets. I'm gonna make you guys talk about the Rockets for at least yes five minutes. Actually, talk about the Rockets. <laughs> Good luck to you? Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna actually, uh, Gordon. I want. I want your opinion first. Why, why? So this is what five in a row. Five in a row. Now they have lost. Maybe six in a row. Now they have lost to Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. why?
0: Oh, they don't match up with Houston well at yeah, all. So, I it's mean, is it just
1: awful. that they they just have, like, a bad matchup across the board?
0: Look, man, Denver has a terrible guard defense. They're playing now two of the best guards that have ever, you know, of their generation. Right. Um, So that doesn't go really well. Um, So that means that your guard offense has to be on. The Nuggets were three mm-hmm. for, what, 25 or some ridiculous number? Three for 28. 28. Yeah, three for twenty, three for twenty eight for three like tonight. That's insane. Uh, you're never going to keep up with Houston if you can't make shots. So, and Denver was terrible in transition tonight too. Yeah. So if you're not going to run and you're not going to shoot, then you don't have a shot. And, and they they literally did not have a shot. They couldn't bury anything, and they lost by you know nearly thirty points. That's how it goes. Like that, Houston. If you uh, Denver makes it easy on Houston to score, and Houston is willing to score with Denver. Right. Denver has played them close before, like Denver. They were within like last year. They played them and they they lost like two games near the end of the season in like the, in like a week to Houston. Um, but they were close games. Like those games were very very competitive. It's just that Denver can't get stops when they need them. They cannot stop Houston, and they cannot stop fouling Houston. Right. Other... So it's it's just – it's a bad matchup. It's not good for the way that the that the Nuggets play. And Houston is never afraid of being outscored, whereas Denver's scoring prowess scares some teams. There's no way it scares
1: Houston. Like you said, they just – they don't seem to hit shots. The other thing that I think is the the matchup that I mean is just really bad for them is Clint Capella against Nicole Jokic. It's like Cape... – Clint Capella, it just,
0: just... – yeah, and there's no reason for it either, other than he's very athletic, and Jokic is very, 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 very unathletic. Right, exactly. That's
1: <laughs> it. I mean, Clint Capella is the well, he's the perfect complement to those two guards because he doesn't have to do anything except for just be athletic, and he and he will do just fine. Well, all
0: he has to do is all he has to do is jump. Yeah, like his literal job is set, set screens and jump. All he has to do is uh, is jump and take lobs and and back passes. Um, from the guards because they have to draw Jokic or whoever out of the paint, right. and that frees Capella up, and Jokic can never recover to Capella because Capella is a gazelle, and Jokic is like some sort of lumbering wildebeest. <laughs> like, there's there's nothing. Like, man, he is not going to catch him. Uh. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Once once he's gone, Capella is gone. Jokic is never going to catch him. You need to play, like, play Lyles on Mason Plum Capella or, or play tonight. someone else.
1: Mason Plumlee would have helped tonight. Mason Plumlee would have helped.
0: Yeah, Millsap would have helped. Like Milsap right. can can do. Uh, he's not he's not as athletic as Capella, but he puts his body in the right position, and that's what Jokic doesn't do. Right.
1: All right. We we it's just bad. It's just a bad matchup. We're almost that time. We're getting here just last time. But Dan, real quick, and then I'll show. I'll the same thing. Would you? Would you? Is there a team you would rather see, or you would rather not see more than the Houston Rockets in the playoffs? Yeah, the Warriors. But all right. Dan. <laughs> You'd rather have the Warriors over the Rockets. Interesting, because I would disagree. I would say I would much rather rather play the Rockets than the Warrior, or rather play the Warriors than the Rockets. Okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, knows we are almost out of time. Ashley, what about you? You uh,
3: totally would you rather, would I rather see the, them. I'd rather, rather see, see them the play uh, the Warriors than the Rockets. Because they have shown they can defeat the the Warriors and they you know not because the Warriors played bad they beat them honestly recently and they have a really hard time with Houston.
1: That's it. See, here's the thing: like uh, that, like said, they're what now zero and six against Houston uh, in their last.
0: Well, the problem is I don't want to see the Spurs either. Yeah. Like so, if you're yeah. if you're looking at at top whatever teams, uh, I'd rather see OKC. Houston, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you're
1: going to be a five seed to see OKC, uh, which is
0: well, uh, we'll see how the how the playoffs set yeah. up, man. We're still not there. You're not,
1: we're not quite there. You're right. You are absolutely right. But I don't know, like I. Look, I the Nuggets aren't beating either one of those teams in the uh in a series. They're they're, they're at best winning. <laughs> you just winning want to a win a game. game. Yeah. You want
0: a playoff <laughs> win. It's okay.
1: Yeah, that's you're at best winning a game. I think they definitely could steal one from the Warriors. Again,
0: we gotta set the bar real low here in Denver. We just want a game. <laughs> just you know, help us out. First
1: step in the process. If if they end up an eight or a 7 seed. If they end up six through uh, six through four seed or something like that, then they uh I would expect them to at least win two games. You know, maybe even three. Maybe
0: just don't end I mean, up as a nine seed. That's all I'm saying. I'm done with seed. the nine seed. I've been that before. I think. Don't I think it. the
1: Nuggets, in general, are are done with the nine seed. Uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> way to curse right. it.
2: Great, thanks a lot, Zach. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, well, I just, mean, <laughs> I just mean they're, they're, we'll replay that clip later in you know. the, the, the memoriam for the season. We'll play the. I think Look, they're done with the nine seed. I'm not. At, I'm not, the, not the saying they
1: can't get the nine seed. I definitely think they can. I think. I think. People at the top want to be done with the nine seed and so heads would roll. Well that they, they
2: probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't have to worry about making that selection if they do miss the playoffs. <laughs> Anyways. What a way to end the podcast. Go <laughs> Nuggets.
1: <laughs> you guys kill me. Uh, all right we are out of time um make sure you guys are following us on twitter at denver stiffs at nbn radio uh i am at zach nikosh if i had more time i'd have funny stuff to say here but i'm just gonna go gordon is at g money nugs uh dan is at minute man dan ashley is at ashley nba hoops make sure you're getting us on instagram as well at the denver stiffs and on facebook Give us a follow. Give us a like if you're listening to the podcast version replay. Why aren't you first listening to Nothing But Net Radio all the time and on Saturdays at four o'clock when we uh, when our show first airs? And but if you are listening to the podcast version, please give us a like and a review. We would like it and a rating. <sighs> We're out of time. All right, everybody. Uh, Gordon, adios. And Ashley, once again, always always excellent. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We'll talk to you all next week.